0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of the Noon Dish, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. is don callahan i am tommy ashley we are sponsored as i said by johnny t-shirt it's been a while don it it feels like uh feels like we haven't talked in a
2: while yeah i think we did our normal every other week but i don't know about you but my days have been crazy with um you know obviously the transfer portal stuff which we'll get into and i actually spent the weekend in dc my my daughter was playing in a showcase event there, which was pretty cool. Um, and so that and just I don't know, it just I guess the portal really, because it's so all consuming, you know. So it made, for me at least, and I'm sure a lot of stuff going on with you, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's I've been sick. So okay. for the last week I've been fighting. You know, one thing that I don't mind being snotty and this is too much information right (laughs) but i'm I'm sure people in the chat can sympathize here i don't like being snotty well is that that's the season that we're in i know know? but i'm snotty and then i can't blow my nose because i'm so stopped up ah you need to get some um, mucinex yeah i've been eating that stuff so really is that helping it no it doesn't. It's like there's this, so ho- much, this whole side over here is just completely. There's lost. so
2: much stuff. I feel like that is just complete bogus and doesn't work. But mucinex is one of my go-tos that and cold I
1: have not. There's actually that.
2: been like, you could read stuff that cold actually reduced the, the, um, the length of the common cold. So if you haven't, you know, nice. check that out. Those are my two go-tos and I have some stuff for other things too. Well, I don't, <laughs> we don't want to talk about glaucoma
1: <laughs> and stuff. It's lunchtime. We don't want to talk about that stuff. But anyway, let's get into it. Let's. Uh, first of all, oh, and Preston, buddy, my dad, my uncle was an ENT growing up. I lived on the old fashioned netty pot, but it doesn't work. There's nowhere for it to go. So I'm going to talk myself into having to get a tissue here in a second. Um, but before I do that, Don, uh, top five Christmas movies. We're doing yeah. this, right? We're doing this. It is the season, because I think,
2: so what we probably should also mention, which we'll go into more detail, we will actually be back in a week for signing day, and we're planning a live show, planning a live show, and then I think beyond that, because in a a week after that is, yeah, we we probably, we won't be live,
1: so Christmas will be right after, five days after signing day. It's crazy. It's uh. December is nuts and, and I cannot believe it's already December thirteenth, yeah, twenty twenty three, but let let's get the top five. So top five Christmas movies, folks, put your stuff in there. Also, shout out to the folks already kicking in where they're from. Missy's from Hartwell, Georgia. That's the furthest so far. Keep keep throwing in where you're where you're located at. Um of course, I'm in the great state of Joko. Don is in the uh, the great, uh, what's it called, um, suburb of Holly Springs, Fuquay, slash Apex, slash Southeast or Southwest Raleigh. <laughs> anyway, top five is, is Christmas movies. MVP from last time we did this. Who was it?
2: I have Anthony Wade. Is Anthony in here today? Oh, he's busting in
1: from LaGrange.
2: Oh, there he is. Look at that. Perfect timing. Just as I said that. He introduced himself. So, in Lagrange,
1: Lagrange has got the most populated on the way to the beach bojangles in the state of North Carolina. Really, man, I've hit that bojangle so many times in my life. Uh, So, shout out to Anthony Wade for winning MVP last week. Get with Don for your prize. Um, (laughs) What what is the prize? (laughs) Don's recognition on these podcasts. Yeah. Um, Tampa City. Let let me say something that that I thought was interesting, because you talked about how busy your um, December is covering this stuff. That's one thing Mac Brown and college coaches across the country talk about is how December has just become absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. With transfer portal in and out, uh, recruiting, signing day, you know, seasons are over, you're getting ready for a bowl game, in some cases getting ready for a playoff game. You've got this going on. It's just nuts. Um, there is no off season and certainly the holiday season is the prime time for recruiting season. So Don, just, you know, most people want to talk portal, but just, uh, to step back for a second, high school recruiting, okay. Carolina will sign a class, uh, that it can officially sign on next Wednesday the 20th. Any surprises there? Any additions there, or it kind of is what it is that you have listed on your, uh, recruiting board on inside carolina's premium yeah it is what it is they have 27
2: commitments the expectation that all 27 and no more and no less will sign officially with north carolina on the first day of the early signing period which is wednesday december 20th and as i mentioned earlier we'll have full coverage of that um on you know and live coverage believe it's you and i and potentially greg barnes hopefully greg barnes yes to save us to save us from ourselves (laughs) uh maybe some bojangles will be joining us um maybe maybe you know we'll look into some some guests or or whatever maybe at the very least it's gonna be you and i having conversations you talk about these guys as they're coming in it feels weird because i I do feel like the high school class has been i don't even want to say like I mean, I guess ignored. I mean, it's just we're we're not even talking about it at all. You don't even hear stories. I guess there was one that the Georgia quarterback commit um, Dominic uh, Riolà uh, potentially yeah. flipping to Nebraska, but beyond that, you just don't get a whole lot of these stories even nationwide about guys potentially flipping or you know last second official visits or anything because
1: the transfer portal has really dominated the you know the past couple of weeks. Isn't it interesting how, and quite frankly, you have to do it. I mean, you look at Clemson refused to really be in the portal for until now. I think they'll probably have to get there. But you basically, you can't ignore high school recruiting, but player development from when they're puppies, when they're 18 years old coming in is really, it's been minimized, right, with the portal because now a guy can go and get developed somewhere else, go to a different program. And be a fully fleshed out player. See, you know? I, I know that that's like the position a lot
2: of people take, but I disagree. And here's why. You take North Carolina's had two really good quarterbacks in recent years, Sam Howe and Drake May. If those guys go into the portal, let, let's let's say North Carolina was trying to get those guys out of the portal. I just don't think North Carolina could. You know what I mean? So their best bet, and take Amari Hampton, someone who's in your backyard. I don't think... UNC could get a guy like that out of the portal. I think UNC's best bet, and I think most programs best bet is to sign those guys out of high school, develop them and <clears throat> and nurture them and that sort of thing and have them develop into you know clear NFL draft pick sort of things. If you look at the even the quarterback the quarterbacks that are, and you know, and obviously North Carolina has their quarterback with Max Johnson and got that done. I think it was the first school to land a quarterback out of the other portal in this cycle. I mean, all these other quarterbacks, you look at them and y- there's no like surefire guys that you're like, I mean, I know even like Cam Ward, which I know a lot of people are hyping up. I just don't think is that good. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad, bad player, but like he's not Drake may level or anything close to it. You know what I mean? And so I just don't think that there is this you can definitely supplement your roster and and plug holes, especially immediate holes through the portal. But, you know, this whole idea that you can build a team, you know, look look what happened with Colorado, you know, look what happened with um, what was the other team? Um, that was a Texas state that tried to do the same thing. And it just it just didn't work because you do have to, you know, Yes, I, people are going to bring up the Heisman winners that are transfers and all that sort of stuff. Yes, that happens. But the majority of your team is still
1: needs to be from the high school ranks. I agree. I mean, you still got to build from the high school ranks, but if you can go in and you can poach a, a decent quarterback, you know, you look at these teams that have, and you mentioned the Heisman, what is it, the last four or five yeah. have, have been transfers. My thing is... For better or for worse, I think high school recruiting—and you mentioned this earlier—has sort of been overlooked, um, and sort of minimized, rightly or wrongly. But it has, based on the poor. I mean, nobody's talking about signing day.
2: Yeah, I think. Well, so I—it's th- the, been overlooked the last couple of weeks, but prior to that, I mean, really, you know, our spring and, and summer was completely on the high school ranks and landing those commits and North Carolina's goal was to get the entire class you know committed before the end of the summer and they did that with the exception of the defense tackle position which they handled in the fall but yeah and I think these guys have just been so they've been committed and everyone just kind of moves on to the next thing which is the, is the 2025 class and then also the transfer portal stuff that's kind of you know manipulated everything
1: yeah so on dominate uh, everything yeah, on next Wednesday. So Don and I, uh, what time are we going to start? We started at 7 a.m. last time. Do we do it that early? We
2: we need to get some details on some things beforehand before we can
1: decide on the time. But, but plan early. Yeah, I mean, last year <laughs> I think we went from 7 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And then I got on the uh, Forerunner Rocket. To Chapel Hill to cover Mac Brown's press conference. I think Mac's press conference this year is a little bit later in the day. Yeah, because they have practice that morning. Yeah, so they um, so that'll be an easier transition for me to make. But Don Callahan and I, and probably Greg Barnes, for three plus hours next Wednesday. So set your set your timer and, and turn on your work computer to YouTube stream inside Carolina. We'll have fun with it. We had yeah. fun, and it goes by really fast. It, to be it honest, it really does. I enjoy it. I don't consider it like work. Yeah, that's my thing. Is it's not yeah. work if you enjoy what you do. Uh, that's my that's my life advice for everybody. Find <laughs> something you do. you'll never work a day in your life if you dig what you do. And uh, anyway, so turn into and of course this is the noon dish. Johnny T shirt and Don Callahan they go together like a Christmas and Christmas movies, which is the top <laughs> five. A um, couple questions in the chat. Preston from Greensboro, the only person who has put in his five Christmas movies. I need uh, the 75-plus people to drop your Christmas movies in there. Boaz is still at Carolina. He will play in the bowl game. Um, he also has a younger brother that's a pitcher for North Carolina um, on the baseball team. That's going to be really good, I think. So that's interesting. To That's a pretty strong uh, family athletic, athletically there. I saw another... Uh, Kelby Diple ask about Omari and Hampton. He's still at North Carolina um, and will be one of the best running backs in the nation next year as well. Um, like Don said, a local guy. So it's pretty cool to see somebody play so well. Don, let's talk about the transfer portal.
2: Yeah, I have a question to start off for you. Okay. So speaking of Hampton, one of the things that I, the I guess the pieces of information that I received prior to the portal opening Was that UNC's number one goal, especially with hoping for help from its collective, was to retain its roster. It felt like even with Drake leaving, you know, you have Armion Hampton, who, I mean, we've known he was a four-star running back. So it's not a surprise, but he, he really emerged this season. And there were some other players that it was very important for UNC to retain those players. That was their number one focus for the portal was to retain those players and not allow other teams to post those players. Because as Mac Brown has mentioned multiple times, even though the portal didn't officially open until December 4th, conversations about departing rosters was illegally happening beforehand. And so UNC definitely put the efforts to try to keep those guys happy and keep those guys in Chapel Hill. So my question to you, how successful do you feel North Carolina wasn't doing that, just kind of looking at the
1: the departures to the portal so far? I mean, you would have to say, And granted the portal's still open and there's another window after spring ball, but I, you would have to say that they did very well to retain the guys. I, I mean, clearly Carolina has people on their roster that other teams would covet Um, Hampton, some Mm -hmm. of the receivers um, and and all like that. And, you know, we saw Bingley Jones just commit to Mississippi state. He's a guy that, you know, he's got talent. You would like to see him develop at Carolina. It didn't work out. So he, he moved on, but as far as everybody else, you think they've looked pretty good. Now it's not over and it's Mm -hmm. never over until it's over. Um, you know, some a baseball player once said that, but, you know, I think they've done a good job at that. My thing is with it is there's so much consternation about how many players are in the portal from whatever school and North Carolina has what, uh, you know, dozen, 20 or so, or close mm-hmm. to it. How many of those guys do you blame for moving on? For yeah. Me, I mean, for me, it's like none of them. Yeah. I honest. mean,
2: and None of those guys. I'm looking really quickly, so correct me if I'm wrong here. None of those guys that North Carolina lost were starters.
1: Tayon Holloway started. Okay, some, he did start this earlier. He sort of season. he sort of fell off a little bit late in in the year. So would
2: you consider? And I guess Ryan Coe, but if Ryan Coe came back, it
1: you know it wasn't he wasn't a lock to be North Carolina's kicker. No, and Noah Burnett kind of took that back over. That's that was a weird, that was a weird one. You know, yeah. he comes in, he gets hurt, he doesn't play. Noah Burnett basically was fired last year after the state game, <laughs> and uh, you know came back, worked hard, and, and got back and, and took over that position. So that one's just weird all around. Guys that bounce year to year, uh, but yes, no, he he was not going to be a starter unless something happened in the spring with with burnett i don't think yeah i don't don't know if that's a and and i when i say i don't know if it's a big loss i'm not sliding the player yes i understand that we're not yeah because
2: i i think like a great example is um george pettaway who from my understanding you know north carolina did not see a role for him And so I think he's going to go wherever he goes. He's going to be an absolute stud. I think once he finds a system that fits his skill set, he'll, he will, he will excel, but I don't think North Carolina, I I think they're happy with trying to find some, someone else to kind of pair with Omarion Hampton. So um, yeah, so it's not a, it's not a slight to him as a player that he's a bad player, but um, I, you know, I think it, it, it's good for both parties. For the separation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about him, right? And and everybody says, well, he should have played or or whatever. And this goes on everywhere. Yeah. If he should have played, he would have been playing. You would think. You would hope they could have found a role for him. um, But it just it doesn't work out. And I don't blame him one second for trying to go to cash in or or get the most out of his athletic talents. And I hope he does. I mean, you look at guys – a lot of people talk about Doc Chapman leaving. I thought he he could have had a role at Carolina. Um, he committed to Marshall. Yeah, him and,
2: and I think him and Holloway and Cheeks
1: um, were probably the surprises for me, yeah. I think. I mean, it's interesting when you have these meetings, and I'm not too, talking about Carolina specifically, but when you have player meetings and you know a guy's talented, but he doesn't, he's not playing and then you have a player meeting and he immediately goes into the portal. You have to believe that they told him it's just not going to work out here. Yeah. And, and, and good on the coaches for doing that and good on the player for doing what they want. Trevor in the chat mentions Andre green jr. He's another guy yeah. that, you know, you thought he could break out, but who's he going to play over? And yeah, that's the thing and guys have to do. And, and I'm going to ask you this. Because I think combination of COVID, transfer portal, that mix and that COVID class has been interesting. And I think that's why we're seeing so many different transfers across the country really done is how much of that COVID impacted evaluations in high school. I mean, everybody thought Ra-Ra Dilworth would be amazing at Carolina, and maybe he could have been, but he was not going to be amazing at 185 pounds at a linebacker.
2: Yeah, and I think that was always the knock on him was his um his his ability to hold weight, his frame. And so, I mean, the, the thing is, is I think if we go back and look at every class, we're going to see a bunch of um, hits and misses. You know, and so I think I, – it's it is going to be interesting to look back at that i guess it would be the 2021 class that was most impact well maybe maybe the 2022 class also but it'd be it'd be interesting to look at both of those classes and just see if the the bust rate was any larger than any year prior or afterwards and that's something that we we kind of started to do like look at prior class look at the history of classes and 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 the hit rates and everything like that in, in weekly scoops, we, I think we did one earlier in the year. I'll do another one, you know, in a, in a few months or so, but it is, it is interesting. I actually, my feeling is that, is that what it's, you know, I don't know. I just don't know if, if it, if it's at that different of a level, as far as like the, the, the bust rate, mostly because, they're still kind of evaluating these guys the same way off of high school film, the 21 class, they were being evaluated off the high school film, the 22 class, you can say the fact that their season was delayed until the spring, but I think everybody was kind of sort of in the same boat with the delay. And and so, and, and the high school recruiting didn't really begin until that summer. So teams had time. So I, maybe there's a little bit of an impact, but I don't know. I, I, I I'm I'm curious
1: yeah. on that. Well, I, I, what I want people to realize my stand, my position in, in in all of this is, I don't blame a player for not being good enough. You know, if, if you're not good enough or, or it didn't work out. It, now, if you didn't work to to do get to to be better or to get into shape or, or whatever, that's another story. But these guys that are transferring. You know, if you'd have told me Cam Kelly would have transferred and been an important piece of Louisville's run to the ACC championship, I'd thought you were out of your mind. Well, he was, and stormed up to a, to a lesser extent. But these guys come in, they're evaluated in, in high school, um, and, and like we said, COVID's a different animal, the competition, all that stuff, and then they get to college, and they're expected to live up to every expectation that everybody on the outside has, and it doesn't work out. I don't blame the players in that aspect. What I do like is that they're able to go try to find what they're looking for with the transfer portal. Um, I don't necessarily agree with how the portal's set up that you can go transfer. You know, you got seven- or eight-year guys out there. You ain't got 26-year-old college players. The only only way I think you should be in college at 26 is if you went to the military. Yeah. And and then, you know, if if you're playing a sport at, at that age. Anyway i get off track but bottom line is the portal is what it is north carolina i think has fared well on the outbound outbound portal so far um we can debate that and of course time will tell on some of those things but looking at it coming back in don it's an important time for north carolina Mm -hmm. you've reported other places have reported there there have been visits there have been offers Um, We've seen other schools getting commitments. North Carolina, of course, commitment of Max Johnson, the quarterback you mentioned earlier. His brother is a big-time tight end that has followed him everywhere he's been to this point. So it would seem possible, at least, that he could follow him to North Carolina. But what news can you report to us or for us here on Wednesday the 13th ahead of a dead period that starts, I believe, Monday,
2: if I'm not mistaken? So this past weekend UNC had former North Texas offensive lineman Howard Sampson officially visiting over the weekend. He intended on taking a couple other official visits this this week before making a decision. He was recruited by coach Clements, UNC's offensive line coach out of high school and was coached by him for a season. So obviously that um familiarity will Will only help North Carolina um, in that recruitment. There are, from my understanding, a handful of guys who are officially visiting UNC this week, midweek. That's the one different thing that we're not—we don't see a whole lot with high school recruits. Is that for two reasons? One um, you basically have like two-week window for these for these recruitments to take place because most schools, like North Carolina, want to get. Their um, their transfers in for spring practice, and then the other thing is is that um, college kids have a little bit more flexibility with their week schedule, especially if they're not practicing with their current team than a high school kid would. So we're see we see a lot more midweek official visits. In fact, there's some some prospects I've heard are are trying to squeeze three or four visits in one week. You know, um, and what kind of also kind of helps to allow that is a lot of these official visits. North Carolina will have some some guys come on campus for just 24 hours, as opposed to the 48 hours that you're allotted for official visits. And because some of the the fat of an official visit is kind of, you know, chopped out, like they don't want to do the um, Jersey photo shoots. They don't need to be wined and dined a whole lot. They don't need to, to go out on the town with. Their player hosts and all that—it's very, very, you know, zoomed in on learning about fit, seeing what academic requirements are there, what academic um, paths are there, because obviously some of these guys are are looking at graduate uh, opportunities. Um, so it's more of the nitty-gritty stuff, and then obviously, you know, seeing if you feel like you fit with the coaching staff and the um and and the current players. So so yeah, so coming back to your original question, UNC has a handful of guys officially visiting this weekend. I'm sorry, this week during the week. And then they'll have guys over the weekend. A lot of this stuff is not like again, not like high school recruiting where, you know, by Wednesday we typically have a really good idea on who's officially visiting a school that upcoming weekend. But we probably won't get a firm idea of who's coming this weekend from North Carolina. Um, until closer to the weekend, you brought up Jake Johnson, which is Mac Johnson's brother. I fully expect him to at least officially visit North Carolina. And, um, you know, we had some other stuff up on inside Carolina in the um, transfer portal scoops that we've been posting. I think we posted three last week posted, I guess, just one so far this week. We'll post more, you know, um, during the week that, that kind of goes into detail as you know with with additional intel on these guys but as you mentioned if you kind of just look at you know Jake in reference to Max and what they have done it's a very good sign for North Carolina you know brothers you know don't always end up at the same school but uh this looks like a promising situation for UNC yes
1: yeah, an interesting dynamic of course, Kamari Morales transferred to Boston College. Um, Nesbitt and Copenhaver both out um, due to injury and, and all for the bowl game. So there's certainly a spot in that tight end room for a big-time guy. Don, it, it feels like speed dating. We've talked about it yeah, in the past. Uh, I mean, how much do previous relationships really matter and help? You mentioned the Clements tie to North Texas. Um, Charlton Warren is a Georgia guy. You know, he, and and all these. Nyland
2: Green Green is the name being thrown around. He recruited Nyland Green to Georgia.
1: Yeah, so you've got, so you've got the recruiting aspect of it where, you know, said coach recruited so-and-so previously, either to the current school or another school that they were at then. And then you also have, like you mentioned, Clements coached this guy while he was at North Texas, how much do those relationships matter and help or possibly hurt, you know, if you want to go that way in this transfer portal era where everything is so quick and it's so fast and you've got to make a decision and, and teams have to make decisions who they want, who they can afford and all that. I'm glad you said, or hurt
2: because I do think that. So I, so to answer your question, I think it does have an impact positive or negative. Um, but let's say, hypothetically, you were at a school and you had a position coach and you didn't like him very much. And then he goes to a, th- he goes to another school. You go in the transfer portal. If this coach reaches out to you, you might not want to, you know, be coached by him again. So so there are scenarios that where I can see it it hurting you. Um, but, um, not, I'm not saying that's the case with Howard Sampson. If you read my, I did catch up with, with Howard after his UNC official visit. And he spoke very highly of, uh, coach Clements and just how, I mean, he called him an offensive line legend. So, and, and said that, you know, he has a really good reputation among offensive linemen who, who he has coached and offensive line coaches that, um, Howard has spoken to. So, um, but. So, yeah, so I think it definitely has an influence. And if you had a great experience with this person when they coached you, when you were at that school, then that's going to that's going to give you some sort of leg up. Um, there there are a lot of variables in these situations we haven't even touched on. I'm surprised the uh, if the over under for NIL coming up. What, do you think it was 30 minutes? I, I would have probably put it at like 10 minutes. But uh,
1: yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just I hate. understand that aspect of it if i if i was a player or if i was a parent it would certainly be a big part it wouldn't be the the part but it would be a big part and it is Mm -hmm. the big part these days so your take on what nil and and how that affects this as well it it's so hard to completely
2: for me wrap my arms around but there are definitely scenarios where i have talked to sources and said hey you know i Is there any interest in this guy? Any interest in this guy? And one of the, um, I guess, feedback options I receive is purely money. That guy's in there purely for money, and he's going to go whoever to the highest bidder. Doesn't matter who it is, and um, you know. So there, so it does impact things. But the one thing I'll say, it did so far, and we're not done with this this transfer portal window at all. Um, and you know, UNC only has one commitment so far from the portal and Max Johnson. So there's still a lot more information to kind of be had, but it doesn't feel like it is, it is as much of an impact as it was in the past. And I'm might there's no like facts I had to throw at you to say that that's the case. It's just kind of, I guess, anecdotally, um, it just, I think some schools are like, okay, this guy is, you know, NIL guy looking for the the highest bidder so we're not going to recruit them and that's that's cool I think people are just maybe maybe it's just people are just a little bit more upfront and accepting of just this
1: new norm I'm having to mute myself while you're talking so people don't hear me me trying to breathe um let me ask you this <clears throat> this will be an interesting study here how many people that transfer purely for money end up being successful so that's so hard because you don't
2: you hear the rumors but you Uh don't know for certain who is what you
1: know what i mean Uh i mean it it, is an interesting thought like am i going to go somewhere that i don't like am i going and i i'm just using this as an example it's Mm -hmm. not it it is not based on any sort of fact Uh oh if i'm going to be in south beach and I'm going to be a quarterback in South Beach, and then I'm going to transfer and be a quarterback in Madison, Wisconsin. Is that a money thing, or that's got to be a fit thing, right? Well, and then
2: have- if you if you throw in the fact that your former head coach is now in 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 a uh, oh you said South Beach, right?
1: I said South Beach. Okay, all right. So I was
2: thinking Los Angeles. If you're comparing well, Los Angeles to Wisconsin, you know, and then you're also your your Former high school, former college coaches now, and I can understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just I can't imagine going from South Beach to Wisconsin and not get paid. But it's got to be a fit, right? Because there's not an amount of money that I would do that. (laughs) I'm not going. to I just I don't know. I I'm probably the wrong
2: person to ask because I prefer the cold over. Oh yeah, that's right. Over the heat. Um, Now I don't like extreme (laughs) cold, but. you know, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think it's like this huge crazy thing,
1: but it is what it is. Let me let me let me do this for a second before we get into this a little bit further. Talk about Johnny T-shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Sponsors of the podcast, friends of Inside Carolina. Twelve days of Christmas going on at JTS right now. So if you want to go to JohnnyT-shirt.com, there I think sweats and shorts and things like that are on sale now. Excludes the Nike stuff, but you can get anything else on sale, then you can get your Inside Carolina premium subscription discount as well. Go take care of them on johnnytshirt.com. There's still time to get your stuff before Christmas. If you'd like to go to Chapel Hill, it is beautiful this time of year, a little chilly. Go to Chapel Hill and see them on East Franklin Street. They're alumni-owned and operated. They will hook you up with everything you need, Carolina. I have seen, look, customer service is really great. That's the important thing. But also packaging, when you get your stuff shipped in. We ordered some uh some stuff from Johnny T-shirt and it came packaged, and I could have punted it out in the yard. And the way they packaged it, they wouldn't it wouldn't have broke because they take such care in what they do, um, across the board. Not only quality of the stuff, but quality of the handling, quality of the shipping. Check them out at JohnnyTshirt.com. National guys pay the bills. It's a noon dish. All right. We're back with a new dish. That's Don Callahan. I'm Tommy, Ashley. This is interesting right here. Yeah.
2: I was actually going to point that. I'm glad you grabbed (coughs) this. So, but here's the thing. If you like, even what's his name? Oh God. What's his name? The head coach in Nebraska coach, the Panthers Matt rule, Matt rule came out and said that a good quarterback is going to cost you 1.5 to $2 million. Um, a lot of people have kind of come out and said that that's a little too high and most of them aren't going to get, get that. So, And and here's the thing is, it's like, I'm not, I mean, who's to say that this number is correct. I mean, I'm not saying it. It's not, it's just, it's just so hard with these things to know what's right, what's wrong, you know, but if Matt rule is correct, if this number is correct, then Notre Dame seems to have gotten a pretty, pretty good
1: discount. Right. So, so what, so how does this, this is what I want to know how did this work and how do people expect this work? Riley Leonard and for people listening on the audio format, I've got a comment from Rob Ratchford in the chat it says allegedly received $600,000 in NIO money from Notre Dame. How does that work? How do So, all right, so do, do I just show up and you give me a check for
2: $600,000? So, so how it kind of sort of works. And I guess every situation is slightly different is that let's say I'm going, let's say I'm going somewhere. I'm going to TAU, Right. And they guarantee me that uh, 60000 six, $600,000. I would sign that with the collective. And there would be some sort of like agreement on what I would have to do, usually as appearances. And I'm assuming they leave some of the stuff open ended, you know, um, autograph signings, that sort of stuff. And I would assume they pay that, I don't know, monthly, I guess, monthly installments
1: from the collective directly yeah it's an interesting dynamic i'll be interested to see you know how many how many guys have actually gotten paid the full amount that, that allegedly were offered and i'm not saying it doesn't happen you know well
2: there's been some talk about some places like uh with Florida and even miami where they're not holding up their end of the of the deal when it comes to giving money yeah. but it's just so crazy because we don't and that's why they really have to kind of they really have to kind of take this stuff away from the collectives and organize this better more professionally the way it should be because it's it's just a complete mess and who knows what figures are correct and how these guys are getting paid if they're getting paid as you mentioned and all that
1: yeah i just picture guys like you got your phone and you're like it's like watching a, a, a ransom movie or whatever i'm waiting for the money to transfer here Oh, yeah. uh, there's the transfer. It's in my bank. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pack up the car, think, fellas. We're off. Did You think they use Venmo? Yeah. They Venmo, <laughs> PayPal, Zelle, uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just fascinating um, how it works. So, Don, just sort of circling it back to, to North Carolina, how many, uh, and I'm not talking about money, but how much, how, how many guys can North Carolina fans sort of expect or um, maybe the ideal haul would be, if we're we're in the Christmas spirit, we're talking about we're getting our gifts and we're getting our haul for Christmas. How many new names may grace Carolina's roster from this transfer portal at this go around? Because there's still I, time. Yeah,
2: so I think so. Last year it was ten, right?
1: Yeah, I believe it was yes. ten.
2: So my expectation, based off what I've been told, and things change. You know, a lot, you know, circumstances change, causes things to change. But my expectation is for it to be roughly half that. You know, and speaking of things changing, you know, UNC, you know, did not intend on taking a tight end in the portal. But when you take Max Johnson and you realize, I don't want to say it, it becomes um, increasingly less difficult to land his brother who was the number one tight end in the, what was that? The 20 was the 2021 or 2022 class, 2022 class. Then you do that. You know what I mean? So, um so yeah, so you add, you add him in as someone mentioned that would, he would be replacing Kamari Morales. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it for a couple reasons. One, as I mentioned, North Carolina doesn't feel like they need tight ends from the portal, uh, mostly because they have Nesbitt and um, Copenhagen coming back uh, next season, and they have some younger guys that they're really high on, which I think it's like that depth chart is pretty much ideal for them. The other thing is, is that Morales was more of an H-back slash you know, utility sort of tight end, whereas Jake Johnson is more of like, He's kinda like I guess he's like a um John Copenhaver sort of tight end where he can block. Um, but his unbelievable receiver, he's probably much he's probably closer as a receiver to Nesbitt. Um, but um so so obviously you just can't turn a guy like that away at all, especially when it's fairly I don't want to say easy, but it
1: becomes easier because you have his brother committed. Yeah, you don't turn away that kind of talent and he's he, he's your quote-unquote traditional tight end. Yes. uh, Yes. When you look towards like a pro, and I'm not comping him to these guys, but a a Witten or or Kelsey that can make catches but can also play the tight end role of blocking and all, whereas Carolina's current group is Morales, like you mentioned, was sort of the utility guy. Nesbitt's the receiver version. Copenhagen can do both, but he's a blocker and and all. So, yeah, you don't turn away that kind of talent, whether you – need it um, or not. And yeah. Carolina yeah. certainly can. Carolina's not in a position to turn away talent at any position. And uh, somebody in the chat asked this, and, and I want to get sure. us on to the Christmas movies. I don't think this is a, a thing, but I'll, I'll throw it up. Trevor Williams is a loyal, loyal watcher and listener and all that. Do you think they could add another quarterback through the portal? So not, I don't, I, I don't see it in this
2: window now could a scenario come about where in the spring they're in need of you know depth and it's crazy if you pay attention to the to the portal all of these guys all these quarterbacks in the portal and uh, and as i mentioned before i don't think it's like elite guys or even like but above average a whole lot above average guys i think there's there's a good amount of above above average guys but not like a whole lot but there's a lot of like you know decent you know group of five quarterbacks or guys who have been you know you know termed jags you know you know solid guys jag pluses you know if you listen to cover 3 podcast you know guys who are um solid guys now if north carolina looks at their quarterback depth chart and they're like hey we need some support here, or maybe we would like to, to push Jake Johnson a little bit or whatever may be. Could they add one of these guys who's really in need of a home? I mean, sure. I just don't see that happening in, in this window. That would be something that would de- decision that would need to be made. I would think in the spring uh, window, which, uh,
1: which occurs after the um, after spring practice. Have you ever known a guy entered the transfer portal? and want to transfer somewhere so he can sit.
2: No, but <laughs> my 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 thinking is is that I'm just doing the math in my head with all of these guys going in the portal and all of the openings and I'm like some of these guys this this is musical chairs and there's a lot of chairs missing and there's a whole lot of people playing it. That's that's what I'm thinking. So eventually at some point it, let's say and that's why I brought up the, the the spring window. Let's say North Carolina needs a backup and there is like, I mean, cause I think it could be as many as a dozen guys who still need a home. Don't want to play FCS, you know, cause there's a lot of group of five, like solid group of five quarterbacks. Did you really leave Toledo to go to another group of five school? I hope not. I hope that your, your hope was that you would go to, you know, a power five school, but I mean, I guess it, you know, do you want to go to a, um, a power five and hope that maybe you'll get an opportunity because of injury or do you want to go group? I don't know. I just think there's a, there's a few different scenarios that could play out, but you, I mean, your point is correct. I'm just playing out more along the lines of just what I kind of see could be, could be an issue. Cause all these guys are just not going to, to be handed starting roles on the power five or even at you know
1: good group of five programs. I'd be interested in looking at somebody doing a study over the last three or four years, whenever the portal opened in full as to, how many guys entered, how many guys left. Mm-hmm. It's like Hotel California. Mm-hmm. Like, where did all these guys go? Yeah. and Well, they've, they've
2: – um maybe not the quarterback position, but they have – Just in general, though. In like general, everyone. they have – yeah, they have mentioned just how many – there are a lot of guys who don't end up finding homes.
1: Yeah, they transfer. They leave a school, especially a P5 school. You leave a P5 school with a scholarship and all that. You leave that, and you end up – um selling shoes at dick Sporting goods not that's a bad thing I, I can i can i mention that i sold shoes at dick sporting goods that is not surprising <laughs> but but happen? did you turn down or, or walk away from a football a full ride scholarship at a university i did not um, because you thought the grass was greener and no you ended i did up not and, and i just think it's crazy i mean yeah you know, you see these guys, they always talk about, oh, he's not getting in the portal without having a landing spot known or whatever. And people talk about Riley lander the way He knew he was going to Notre Dame and all that. And that's just one. Ex- I'm not going anywhere unless I've got a safe landing well, spot somewhere. I, I, if, I have, I, if I'm a borderline guy. Well,
2: I, I have had parents reach out to me and I did tell, this was a couple years ago or maybe it was like a year ago. And I can't remember exactly, but um, parent reached out to me and I said, if it was my child, I would not enter the portal unless I knew I would have options once I got in there. And yeah. so my suggestion, and this is purely just me being selfish. I understand that this is kind of illegal. Um, my, my um, advice was reach out to your former high school coach, try to try to get an idea of what the options were going to look like and make a decision like that, because you don't want to leave. Even if your son is not playing, you want to take advantage of that scholarship, you know? Yeah. So, because as
1: the NCAA often says, a large portion of our members go pro in something else. Besides That's right. The sport display, which is such – the NCAA, don't get me on that rabbit hole. All right, Don, anything left on portal? A lot of people say needs. Um, yeah, well, we have what, What's your number one need at the moment? Number one need at the moment. I think
2: I, – I still think it's offensive line because of, of – you know, that's the position North Carolina is losing the most starters at. And it's such a um, it's such a that, that's one of the harder positions to 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 kind of find portal guys, because that, that's probably the position that's getting a lot of money. You know, um, that's the one thing. And, and so just to kind of I don't want to go in the nitty gritty, but I mean, I've spent a lot of time looking at the transfer portal on 247 sports and refreshing. Grabbing names, doing a little bit of research, you know, and kind of having my own sort of watch list that I can can kind of um, refer to, you know, because things are happening so quickly. I have to be prepared um, and God, there are running back, not very deep to tackle, not very deep at all, you know, and it's, it's crazy because that running back from Georgia State who ended up committing to um, Mizzou, who UNC was interested in. Um, from my understanding, he, he, you know, he, he, he's pretty, he's going to have a good Christmas. And so are all of his family members.
1: So, um, what you trying to say, man, are you saying that the, the, the pot overfloweth? Uh, well, I mean, you talk about a kid
2: leaving Georgia state and, and what he visit like Southern Cal and, and Missouri and, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, and not that I mean, he was I think seventh ranked rusher in the nation last year, but it still was at the group of five level. But this kid ended up being so highly coveted because the pool for running back, from you know for the most part, is is fairly shallow. Um, you know, defense tackle, pretty shallow from at least my observations. Offensive line, it's not as deep as probably needed. It needs to be. There are definitely some. Um, some potential out there that's why you know I know a lot of people kind of push back on the fact that North Carolina brought in that North Texas kid Howard Sampson in for an official visit but I mean he's 6'8 you know 300 and something pounds and um, you know UNC's offensive line coach knows all about him you know obviously evaluated him out of high school coached him for one year so um, has plenty of information knows his potential sort of thing so I think some creativity is kind of required for some of this offensive alignment, just because the this the need
1: um, exceeds the supply. With that, yeah, folks need to realize if Carolina had five Willie Lampkins on that offensive line this year, Amari um, and Hampton would have had more yards, and better still, would have had less yards after contact. Yeah. Because he had to break tackles early and often to, to make hay. And Willie, of course, came from Coastal and was Carolina's biggest dog on the offensive line, despite being the smallest one in physical stature. It's going to be interesting to watch. Stay tuned to Don and all his work covering the portal. Like I said, it's speed dating. It's crazy how fast guys have to make decisions, um, how coaching staffs have to make decisions. you got to fill roster spots. The lines, Bruce Moss, I threw it up earlier. Bruce said you got to get linemen on both sides. That is the case. I think for me, watching how the portal has developed, for a team like North Carolina, you got to figure out how to recruit them and develop them because they're really hard to pull quality ones out of the portal the way the going rates are and the way everybody wants um, a stud defensive tackle that's already been developed and already college ready. Uh, and so that makes developing them early and often certainly uh, a a thing. You know, what you got, Don? Before I move on to top five.
2: Yeah, there was one other. It's not really a question, but kind of a topic. Oh, I, obviously, we can go on for forever on. Now, you you started already, James Pruitt. Did I? I'm looking. It's like one of the top ones, I think. Twelve.
1: Oh yeah, 12, Here you go.
2: You want to read it? <sighs>
1: Florida state may have found a way out of the grant of rights. Their attorney general said she is looking into filing an antitrust suit against the ACC and ESPN. That's what Josh Stein was going to do. I assume that's the Tez Walker fiasco. Um, Tez Brian fiasco. But Tez Walker, here's my deal on the grant of rights with the ACC. If somebody can figure out a way, then the floodgates will open. But I will believe it when it happens. And, which is crazy to say, um, and it's interesting to hear all these takes. I just, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I know a lot of lawyers. And the way the ACC locked everybody up tight, you got to give them credit because what they did worked and has worked. And Florida State got screwed in the playoffs and all that. Is it because they were an ACC school? I guess. Um, so maybe some sort of lawsuit will hold weight, but it's one of those, I'll believe when I see it happen. And for the record, I'm an SEC guy, even though the big Ten's not as bad as it once was with all those other schools coming in. What do you think, Don?
2: Yeah. So my, my feeling overall has been if the grant of rights was, um, breakable, then well, the fact that. Nobody has left the ACC, either means that the grant of rights is not breakable or nobody wants any of these ACC schools. I just so because there's been tons of barking from Florida State in particular and Clemson. And how many times have we heard Florida State's going to announce their departure tomorrow at noon or next Friday or this? It's like at this point, it's just like I'm like, I'm like you. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I'm going to believe that it's unbreakable until it is broken. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I am not concerned with all that. I, you know, and I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority. I don't think Florida State got the shaft because they're in the ACC. I think if anything, it's Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt with everything. But I think what it was, was that the committee is lazy and instead of making a tough decision, they took the easy way out, and it was easier to say we're not taking Florida State because our quarterback was injured, than um, making up an excuse for any for leaving out any any of the other programs.
1: Yeah, I with that. I mean, Jalen Milrow could get hurt in practice tomorrow. Yeah, you know that. That anyway, I don't. I want think to go it was just a that. built-in excuse
2: that they could use to lean on. <clears>
1: to yeah, they honest. wanted Alabama without question. They wanted Alabama and Texas i more so than one of Florida State. I tell you what, though, if I was a Florida State fan, I'd still be spitting mad. I I would be absolutely <laughs> pissed. I mean, the argument is – speaking of the portal, Florida State went all in. They pushed all their chips in yeah. and got all these portal guys mm-hmm. and, and, and kept a guy like verse and all those guys to get to the playoff, did everything they're supposed to do to get to it, and it still didn't happen. I, I'd be... Well, here's an interesting thing. They're playing Georgia in the bowl game,
2: right? If you beat – if they beat Georgia, I mean, they could still – there are going to be outlets that are going to claim that they won the national championship. Not yeah, that it but would they, matter, but, but – th-
1: I would love for them to go all in and try to beat Georgia, beat Georgia, and then claim a national championship. Maybe even get voted a national championship by, you know, some writers that had balls to do that. But – Given the way bowl games are looked at, yeah, who's going to play? You know? That's
2: yeah. That well, I I could see. Well, I guess I shouldn't say, it, but I could see Florida State going all in and trying to win that and knock off Georgia because they so they can kind of pound their chest on that. Uh It's just unfor- It really is unfortunate because I guess the argument is 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 that Florida State wouldn't have went undefeated against Alabama's schedule and there's just you just can't say that with any certain level of certainty you never anybody know. who says that just does not understand
1: you know good the better team does not always win yeah and you know you, you cannot say if then and all that um what do they say if and buts were candy and nuts we'd have a merry christmas well it's perfect time for that Um or if you know if my aunt had no, not be i do like I don't like that one, though. That's kind of (laughs) crude. Let's talk about congruity before we get to the top five because congruity is relevant in the top five because they've got five things that will help you on your small to mid-sized business. They're North Carolina-based, national coverage. They've built their company from being a a couple guys in North Carolina to a national coverage business. So that tells you one thing. One, they know what they're doing. They they empower your small and mid-sized business business. With HR and payroll outsourcing, you grow your business, they take care of your people. Three, top-of-the-line technology. They do it all, man. It is ridiculous how much technology matters in today's world and congruities on top of it. They use it all to give you the best services. They are obsessed with four, customer service. Darren and Matt, those guys, they work with you personally. They get you going. They've got all the great customer service that you need. And five, they transfer your, or, transform your organization with their capabilities. They save you money. They unlock your game-changing growth. Go to congruityhr.com slash Tar Heels. Learn more about it. Inside Carolina people get a free assessment. So you go to congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. Get a free assessment. See if they can help you. If you can't, if they can't help you, then you've lost nothing because it's free. But if they can help you, they'll set you up to be a great small to mid-sized business and really grow your business and turn it in, uh, potentially turn it into that national business that congruities come. Top five Christmas movies. Don, am I reading or are we going first? Because first yeah, of all, re- Die there. Hard is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> if you I were agree. born on – are you a Christmas baby if you were born in December? No. If you're released in in December, um, a movie is released does not make it a Christmas movie, but I digress. Preston from Greensboro. Elf, Christmas Vacation, Die Hard. I knew it. Ooh. Bad Santa and Bad Santa.
2: Bad Santa 2 and then Bad Santa because
1: there's two of oh, yeah. I them. Don't, I don't think I've ever seen the second one. I don't think I've seen the first one. Um, Maybe I'm weird. I don't I mean,
2: know. I don't know if you would. I don't. It depends on your taste. It is definitely like a uh, distasteful like sort crude, of movie. So it d- depends yes, on what not... what you look
1: like. <laughs> I uh, oh, Hunter coming in with the heat. If Die Hard is not a Christmas Christmas movie, then Wonderful Life isn't either. Oh, point taken, Jeff Fowler. White Christmas, Home Alone, Die Hard, It's a Wonderful Life, Trading Places, and then Lampoon's Christmas Vacation.
2: But isn't made, so. Isn't A Wonderful Life, it is about, like, the Christmas spirit, whereas... I thought it was, yeah. Yeah, whereas Die Hard just happened to
1: take place during a Christmas party or something. Yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know. This, Hey, everybody's entitled to their take. That's right. And we appreciate them all equally. I will say this. I made my boys watch Christmas Vacation two or three, maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. They were like, this is not funny.
2: Yeah, my... <laughs> Yeah, my, my my kids aren't big on any,
1: any sort of – they don't have the attention span for any sort of movies in well, general. The, uh, I will say that Vacation for me was um, – there were some scenes in that movie that make it stand out better than Christmas Vacation, but I doubt there's any other Chris, Christmas movie quoted more than maybe yeah. Die Hard than Christmas Vacation. Uh, Clark Moulton, 505, The Newest Grinch, Die Hard, the Lampoon, or Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life. Trevor Williams, Home Alone, Elf, Bad Santa, a Christmas Story. Kelby, bringing In, Home Alone, Christmas Story, Elf, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Do we like the animated Grinch, or do we like the Jim Carrey Grinch? That's a valid question. Gary Lewis says, Not a big movie fan, but it's a wonderful life. Tim Garrett, we got a bunch of responses here. Elf, Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story, Santa Claus, and the Muppets. Oh. And my uh, cold's kicking in, so I apologize for my declining vocal skills. Uh, Missy says, the man who invented Christmas is a much C. And Charlie Brown Christmas, that is awesome. Brings back the memories for sure. Might have to break out the videos sean crawley late to the show don't think i didn't notice sean yeah um, you know we start at noon buddy <laughs> <laughs> wonderful life miracle on 34th street christmas story christmas vacation santa claus the movie from the 80s with dudley moore a lot of good stuff there i will say that mine i'm gonna go with charlie brown being my number one okay i like that i'm not a big die-hard person um i do like the animated grinch i'll tell you that I kind of like The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. I don't in hate a weird it. way. I'm kind of weird, um, so I kind of like that. I'm not a huge elf person. I don't, <laughs> I mean. I feel I, like the role was was made for Will Ferrell. It, it was, but I'm not, you know, I just don't like it. I Will Go With Christmas Vacation is on my list. Okay. A, a Wonderful Life has got to be on that list. So that's that's four, that's 5 in it? It feels like it's more than five, but. I don't know. Let, let and let I do spell. like the call out for trading places. That's one of the greats. Okay. Early, Eddie, Eddie, early Eddie Murphy, you couldn't beat. I heard they were making a new uh, Beverly Hills Cop.
2: Yes, as he did well. say that. Yeah, and he has a new Christmas movie out. And uh, Anyway, what you got? So my number five is Grinch. And I'm with you where I kind of go back and forth. The, the animated one was definitely more, it was shorter and reminds me of my childhood. That was one of the the... I guess movies we had, we could just pop on the VHS real quick, but I do like, um, I do like the one with, with Jim Carrey. Uh, I actually watched that the other night. Number four for me is elf. Um, for the, um, reasons you kind of mentioned, I think that there are different points where it, it's very quotable, you know, and it's perfect for, uh, um, Will Ferrell, you know, that character, My number three is one I don't think anyone mentioned, and I don't think many people know, Muppets Family Christmas. I had to actually look it up, and I was reminded. (laughs) Who was it that had Muppets? Muppets was... uh... Okay, Tim Garrett had Muppets Christmas Story. I think that's the Carol one. This one is one that we actually recorded when I was a kid, and if you buy it on DVD now, they had to take out certain parts because they didn't have the... um, I guess, uh, song, whatever, copyright, copyright yeah. sort of thing. So we actually have a version that we had to put on DVD for the entire family, but that was, that was something we used to watch all the time. So it's more of like a reminisce sort of thing for me. And then my number, I, you know, I go back and forth with number one, number two, it's so hard, um, between Christmas vacation and, um, Christmas story. I did. I, I don't know if I mentioned to you, I, I've been to the Christmas story house in Cleveland And, uh, I know the story actually takes what the story takes place in Chicago, I think, but the actual house is in Cleveland.
1: Look at you, you you showed your expansive, uh, your expansive knowledge there. But it is, um, if, if you're in
2: Ohio, particularly that area, it's not expensive. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. They did a good job of of um they had a they recently purchased the house maybe like 10 years ago whenever it was and they they re i guess purposed it to look exactly like it did in the movie and then there's like a museum across the street which is really really cool um tons of um their um where you buy the merchandise they have a, a souvenir shop a lot of really cool f- items in there not like you're traditional souvenir shop where it's just a bunch of BS you're paying a lot of money for a lot of really, really cool things in there. I, we, we spent the whole day there and, and, and had a lot of fun. But anyway, those are my,
1: my top five. Well, let me ask you a question. When you go to a souvenir shop, whether it's at a museum or, or whatever, what do you buy? I usually don't buy anything. I usually don't even walk in. Really? You're, you're... I walk, I mean, I might walk so around. So you are in fact the Grinch.
2: Yeah. I just, I mean, I feel like all of it's overpriced and it's not anything you really want, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I did think the the NFL Hall of Fame has a really cool souvenir shop, but it's super expensive for everything.
1: I, uh, I try to buy – it used to be about – well, first of all, I used to buy a shot glasses. Okay. And then it turned into beer glasses. Okay. And so now I have uh, about 200 shot glasses that oh boy. You know, I need to get rid of from everywhere. And then beer glasses you could use still. But now I get where I buy challenge coins you know
2: i don't even know what that is
1: the challenge coins are you know started out military it's a thick coin and i've got a pile of them um hold on a second and you get the challenge coins Uh, hold on great
2: live radio this i'll give play by play he is reaching for something he has a bag this is scary no you get you,
1: you get challenge coins because you got a you know, it was usually a military thing, and it turned into a law enforcement thing. But now they sell, and I've got so many of them, see? Ah, okay. and, and, like, this is my former work. Okay. You know, you've got uh, different things. So I've tried to get those over the years. Okay. And I've got That's a board. Idea. that, And so it's just a cool keepsake, and it doesn't take up so much space. But, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Um, I don't know how we got on that, but I'm going to close this show okay. by doing this. I went to Rotten Tomatoes. Top one hundred Christmas movies of all time. This, based is, this on their is interesting. Rating. Meet me in St. Louis, nineteen forty-four. Never That's heard number, of it. What's that? What what number is that? Number one. Really? Judy Garland, Margaret okay. O'Brien, Leon Ames, Lucille Bremer. Um, I threw out a random one earlier that I've always liked. Number six on the list: Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Number ten on the list: One that we've mentioned. It's a Wonderful Life okay number 11 die hard <laughs> is it know- really yeah did you know that there's a guardians of the galaxy holiday special oh it's god number 12 so anyway that's an interesting list
2: well all right so does your list have little women on it
1: yes yeah number seven mine's 14 on the list i'm looking at
2: i don't know what it is. little women is not a christmas movie
1: yes yeah, interesting this is anyway weird. look folks Appreciate everybody staying in here, listening to us, um, taking in all of Don's scoop. Check out Don on the message boards. He, of course, come up with a probably a Wednesday or Thursday portal scoop. It'll be relevant to your interest if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. Next week, next Wednesday, December 20th, we'll be live from the Man Tower, Don, myself, and hopefully Greg Barnes talking about National Signing Day. Later this week, we got Shooting It Straight with Justin Jackson. I did a podcast, if you're watching this and you're a basketball person, Greg Barnes and I did a podcast earlier with a Kentucky beat writer to talk about Carolina's big basketball game on Saturday. That'll be attached on to our next live show, On the Beat Live, tomorrow night, Thursday at 9 p.m. with the Inside Carolina Beat Crew. It's always uh, time to get content at Inside Carolina. So stay tuned to Don. Somebody asked, how do you get to be an Inside Carolina premium subscriber? Go to Inside Carolina, sign up there, uh, and take care. They usually have specials. I don't know if one's going on now, but it's worth whatever they charge, whatever you're paying. It is far worth it if you're a Carolina fan. Don Callahan, as always, friend. I'll see you soon. Uh, You'll see me a couple times in the next week. Folks need to take care of Johnny T-shirt and congruity. Until the next time, we'll see you next Wednesday.